Hey everyone, uh, thank you for listening to Grand Valley's first ever podcast. My name is Kevin Bailey, I am number four. I'm the team captain this year for the Grand Valley Dodgeball. Austin Morley, number three, junior. Aaron Terenzi, number 17, sophomore. AKA, AKA Wreck-It Ralph, please call him that. Thank you, thanks man. Anyway, we, uh, we aren't going to go by the name of Grand Valley Podcast. We have to figure out a better name, but we have not figured that out yet. We're up for some uh, suggestions. Yeah, any suggestion we'll take. Just write it in the comments below or something. Uh, anyway, we're just going to go over the Red Hawk invite, which was last weekend. We're going to go over our games, uh, pretty much give our input on each team, how they played, what what were their key players. And uh, after that, we're going to go over what we think are the best teams so far this year, give our top five, and then go through all that. Uh, to start off with, we played James Madison. We won 3-2. to two. Uh, it was a really good game. What, what do you guys think? It was a really, really intense game. It uh, they've been waiting for it for a while, so they were they were pretty turned out to. We, play we us. eliminated them last year, so they're definitely waiting for this game. They only played East Coast teams, I think, up until this point. So that was their first game against a non-East Coast team, and it was the team that took them out in nationals last year. So they're definitely hyped up for it. Aaron, what do you have? say about it yeah i mean it was a fun game uh not too not too exciting it's kind of boring actually to be honest playing in it uh it wasn't very fun to throw one ball every 15 seconds but uh you know uh they got two points on us early uh put our back against the wall and we had to come back out and just do what they did just i guess yeah the main strategy in that game was to get the ball advantage and then whichever team had the ball advantage just pushed up to the front line uh yeah it's kind of dumb the way that it works, but that's what both teams had to do if they wanted to control the game. If you never played at Miami, Ohio, uh, if you play there, it's the walls are very close. The, the back wall. The back wall is like two feet, two feet behind you. One, one person on Ohio State's team actually fell backwards and hit their head on the wall. It was yeah. It's it's very very close. So the bounce back was. It's crucial. used by crucial. pretty much every team. If just trying to get a ball back. Throw it against the wall and it comes right back to you. Yeah. So in the James Madison game, that's what happened the first two points. They got the first two points on us. Uh, the main thing was probably that we didn't come out with as much intensity as they did the first two points of the game. And they jumped out to a 2-0 lead after like 12 minutes, I think. And we had to climb back after that. We had to step our game up because we, uh, we were not focused to start off. Sent us back to reality after starting out the season, not dropping a point until the previous week to Saginaw. I know yeah. some of the people on our team were probably thinking that we were pretty unstoppable. It kind of set us back down to earth. So then we were ready to go after that, just change our game plan up on the fly. We got one point in the first half before the end of the first half, and then in the second half we got two points, took the three to one, three to 3-2 to lead, and then there was like seven minutes left, I think, and we just held out for that amount of time to get the win. Mm-hmm. Um. But, I mean, for how we played, surprisingly, the points were fairly fast. Like, how it was Yeah, it was a high-scoring game for how for the slow way was, the game the, seemed to go. Yeah, yeah, for throwing one ball, but sometimes a team throw every 15 seconds, it, I mean, scoring five points is, you would have expected it to be like a 2-1 game. Yeah, but that's what happens when you have two hardest-throwing teams in the league, arguably. You're going to get a lot of put-outs, and that's what happened. Uh Key players for James Madison, who would you say was there? Um, well, probably their best player on the team, 
double zero Grommer. He wasn't playing. What did yeah, you say? He, uh, I talked to him. He said he like hurt his knee a couple weeks ago, so he wasn't able to play in this game, and that definitely hurt them. Because if they were to lose any one person, that would that would make the biggest impact on how they play. It was probably him. Uh, but of the people that played that game, uh, their best players, number fifteen Joey Cardella. He was one of their better players. Um, do you guys have any? Uh, seventy-one. Doke. Yeah, I don't know if that's how you pronounce name. it. Wears a hat, bright green shoes, talks a lot of smack on the court, which yeah. is good. Yeah, gets gets things interesting. He seemed like a nice guy afterwards when I yeah. talked to him, though. So don't don't uh don't hate on him because he talks smack. I actually appreciate that. It was exciting. Yeah, we had we had trouble getting him out, so we had to do team throws on him. But he was he was definitely one of their impact players. Also, uh, Ben Sizemore, he's number 92. He's one of the most underrated players in the league, I think. He, he was definitely one of their more dangerous throwers. So he, Yeah, it's he, pretty hard. He was definitely an impact player for them. Also, quick shout-out to Joey Cardella, and uh, I think it was number one. His last name's Spencer. They're going to do, I think they're doing a podcast or a video, too. Uh, so they interviewed me or something after the game. Ask me a couple questions. They're going to do a podcast too, so a little competition. Yeah, Grand Valley JMU off the court. <laughs> what else is new? Uh, but they seem like cool guys, so I bet I bet it's going to be entertaining when they do that. I'm excited for whenever that comes out. But yeah, those were those were the main key players for them. I it's know, their team chemistry too. They they play well together, so uh, that was yeah. You know, they listen to their captains, you know, do what they're told. So definitely want to see what it's like playing against them. Neutral court without a without bounce a, back. Yeah, without a bounce back. That's I just I want to see their strategy put into play. Yeah, see, I what, t- they, see what they do because the past every time I played them so far, they've used the wall to their advantage. Except at Chicago, I mean, well, no, we, they they had the bounce back at the one point. And they went up on us. Well, yeah, Chicago. Two, two Chicago also has Chicago, the bounce back. So the yeah. one side has bounce back, and they went up went up on us two zero. And we they can still do good. I mean, they have the they have the arms. Oh yeah, definitely. They, have they, the they definitely have the skill. I just want to see what it's. Yeah, it's someone, like without a bounce back. Someone just find us a court where we can play them Our without court. a bounce back. We'll meet them halfway. Yeah, and I don't know if we'll meet them halfway. That's a lot of money. But I, I know I was talking to a couple of players and they felt the same way. They, I mean, if there wasn't a bounce back, if if we didn't play totally with that game. with that strategy, it'd be fun to see how it, how it was played out. Because I mean, it's a really boring game when you play with a bounce back. Yeah. But, uh, game two, we played Kent State. Uh, this was our second time playing them. The first time was at Bowling Green. We beat them 6-0. This time we beat them 3-1. Uh, what do you guys have to say about this Kent State team compared to the one that we played a couple weeks before when we dominated them 6-0? Um, again, with the bounce back, the bounce back helps every team. It makes it a more competitive game. The balls are coming back to you. That, faster than they would if there was no bounce back. I mean, they, yeah, uh, it affected the way that this game was played compared to the last one. But when I bowling green, they uh, they didn't have a full roster, so that definitely changed it. That's part of the reason why we beat up on them so bad. But yeah. this week they had a lot of their top guys back, made it a much closer game. Uh, it was a closer game than the score indicates, too, 3-1. Uh, at one they, point it was 2-1 to one, uh, yeah. going into halftime. Two to, or two to one yeah. start of the second half, basically. So they did we finish halftime where they had us on the ten count, or we had them on the ten count? Uh, I'm not sure. Or do we take take time over? Either way, it was definitely more competitive than the first time we played yeah. them. Their top group of players 
is definitely top tier players in the league. I mean, a lot of good catchers, a lot of good blockers. Cam Fulmer, one of the most talented players in the league. Mm-hmm. By the way, he we saw him warming up. He was throwing with his right arm, just as hard as his left arm. It's kind yeah. of intimidating. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think he's a righty to begin with, but he, that's crazy that he can throw both ways. Yeah. So, and then Dan Shackelford, he's their captain. He was also one of their key players. Above average catcher, above average thrower. Uh, anyone else? Uh, number 89, I think it is, Josh Sayer. He uh, throws pretty well, catches fairly well. He caught quite a few balls against us. He's he's underrated, too. Yeah. In, in the league and, like, even on their team, people don't really notice him as much. But he's definitely one of their key players. And then I'd say Fitzpatrick. I don't know what number he is. He's the tall guy. And his throw is just... You don't know where it's going to go. Unpredictable. And he throws pretty hard. So he's de- he definitely helps with their offensive game, at least. Yeah, they played with very high energy against us. Oh, yeah. Second every, game every, of the day. every time they had a catch, their whole team just got fired up. It, Which is what you want an opponent. It was definitely exciting playing them, especially when they came back and made it a close game. Yeah, They're, it was... What was it? two two to zero or two it was one? two to zero at halftime and then they got a point to start the second half and there was a lot of time left so they yeah, could have came back but made it very interesting. Yep. All right, our third game, Saginaw. We beat them four to zero, but not a typical Saginaw team. They had eleven mm-hmm. eleven players. Yeah, eleven or twelve players. Still, made still the put trip. up a fight with starting out the game. Four players down. Yeah. The usuals, uh, you know, the top guy, you know, Jardine was there. Uh, they were missing Tory, I think. Yeah. yeah. Tory wasn't there. And also Phelps, who's one of their best players. He wasn't there also. And, I mean, obviously a couple more of their key players weren't there that were normal varsity players. I don't know how many regular mm-hmm. regulars on varsity were actually there. But, so, you, I mean, we played them the week before that. They had closer to their regular roster, and we beat them 2-1. to one. So, always competitive game when we're playing a full full lineup for Saginaw Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other key players that you want to mention? Um, Max Siler, I don't know if we said him yet. He's definitely improved from last year. I know there's one point where he was... Either the last one left, or there's two people left. He made a couple catches, and then got a couple hits too, and got him back in the game. We got we got that point still, but he definitely showed that he's a playmaker and much improved from last year at least when we played him. And then Miles Shepard too, he was there. He was one of their best players there, obviously, and he, I think he's underrated in the league too. No, yeah. no one really considers him one of the best players on their. In in the state of Michigan, even, but he's one of the best players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else, guys? No. no. Uh, last game was against Ohio State. Uh, it was a pretty normal game up until say second, about start first point of second half. First point of second half. I think it was was it the very first point of the second half. Yeah, it was early got little, and got uh, a little heated. Yeah, a little scrap broke out for a little bit, but uh, nothing too serious. But definitely not expected of. Yeah. Ohio State, so it made it exciting, though. Definitely after that, 
Uh, everyone was pretty pumped up, even though it was the last game of the day, and everyone was pretty dead. Yeah, four games in one day, going to take a toll on your arm. And, but, I mean, I know a lot of players on our team were just throwing with dead arms at that point, but we still kept the intensity up. Especially after a little scuffle, everybody's throws were a little bit harder. Yep. <clears throat> they played us tough, though. They they were a lot better than I would thought, because I've never played them before, so they were a lot yeah. better than the I The point they, they did get, though, was in the first half, I believe, right? Yeah. So made it two to one game. But they're definitely much improved from last year when we we didn't play them, but we saw them last year at nationals. And I mean, they almost made the final four. They played against Kentucky in that overtime game that everyone talks about. They were they played well then, but they're definitely an improved team from last year. I think they have much more depth this year too. Mm-hmm. I expect they're gonna. They're going to be a little bit better come nationals than they were last year. Yeah, oh, yeah they'll make some noise this year, I think. Uh, some key players on their team, 34, Stringer, really hard throw. Seems like almost every time he has a ball, very, I don't know, what, what would you say? like? Uh, yeah, they, their offense pretty much runs through yeah. a couple players that are their key, key throwers. He's one of them. Peters is also, he's number three. His last name's Peters, I think. He was one of their better players. He played really smart. Catches very well. Yeah, he's a good catcher, and then he's also hard throw to catch, definitely. Mm-hmm. So those, I mean, those were their two key players in my mind. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Ohio State was definitely a lot better than last year. So. Yeah. Those were our four games at the Red Hawk Invite. Overall, uh, a good tournament. Fall Nationals, would you say? Yeah, Red Hawk Invite was basically the Nationals of uh, the fall semester with. I think it was the top four teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Thank you to Miami too for uh, for hosting that. It was, you guys did a good job there too. So. Yeah, kind of took some balls to actually host this with all the top teams. Yeah. I mean, not trying to put any, put down Miami at all, but they're they're still getting to the point where they need they need to be to be a competitor, but to still have this tournament for all these other teams to play and compete against each other was yeah. The, the other two teams here was Miami, Ohio, obviously, and then Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky went 1-2. and two. They beat Miami. Uh, the score was like 4-2. to two. Yeah. That was closer than the score would indicate, though. Yeah. That was, I watched some of the film from that game because they put the film up for that game already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Miami was really close to beating them there. Yeah. They just, I mean, a couple big swings changed the game. Uh, Western Kentucky went what one and two. Yeah. One and two. But it was their first games of the year, so yeah, it's hard to gauge. They played the very next day against Kentucky. They lost six zero though. But I mean, their arms were probably dead, so yeah. can't really look at that score and base that off. Mine still kind of hurts. Yeah, but Miami overall, they're zero six this year. I think they're much improved from last year though. They, mm. have, I don't know if they had a full roster last year when they went to nationals, but we beat them pretty easily. This year, I think they're much better. I'll expect them to win some games so throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, they, they haven't won a game this yet. Year. They lost to uh, West Kentucky, Saginaw Valley, and James Madison. So, I mean, West Kentucky was the worst team that they played, and they they were close to beating them. Other than that, they played JMU and Saginaw. They were two two of the best teams in the league. So right. Um. Biggest surprises of the day was, uh, I would, I don't know, I would say the biggest surprise would be 
Saginaw taking the first point against JMU with having 11 people and a girl. But don't don't take the girl lightly. She had, what, three catches or something like that against JMU? That's what we hear, is that uh, she yeah. made a couple catches. So, so. Uh, Other than that, I'd say a big surprise was just the way JMU beat Kent State. They beat them 7-2, to two, mm-hmm. and that was the first time they ever beat Kent State in their history as a club. So... Winning a game seven to two, I mean, you nine wouldn't points. expect that. Especially, nine points is a lot. Yeah, especially when it's like one of two of the top teams yeah. in the league. JMU separated themselves a little bit there. I think they're a top tier team. Obviously, I think it Grand Valley and then JMU are the top two. They proved that after beating Kent State. Kent State, how many losses did they have? They had like two, two or three. Two coming into the day. One to us, and the other one was to Ohio State, which was yeah. another team at the tournament. It was just a packed tournament of yeah. good competition. So Kent State, obviously, not a team to take lightly, but when you beat them 7-2, to two, that shows something. Yeah. yeah. How long the day was could have had something to do with that, too. Maybe you know, Kent probably doesn't have as many throwers as JMU, so... I'm sure their throwers are pretty dead by that time. Yeah, that's true. Everyone's uh, That was the fourth game, right? Yeah. Everyone's arms were dead by then, so. Uh, next, we're going to go over our our opinions on what the top five teams in the league are. Slightly so, biased, probably. Yeah. Actually, who, who probably, to go probably very biased. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Aaron, go ahead. Let's hear yours. Let's go, Ralph. Um, I have Grand Valley number one, of course. Uh, JMU number two. <clears throat> Saginaw number three. Kentucky four and Kent five. Um. So, I mean, not not a whole lot of discussion here. And I don't know. I, I think that these are the top five teams. Uh, yeah. You can make a case for Ohio State uh, after what we saw. Maybe CMU. That's make, true. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, nothing really more than that. I guess Grand Valley's JV isn't too bad either. But nah, they won't they, be playing at national, so it doesn't matter. They might crack the top five eventually, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no. Well, maybe. We'll see. It's happened before. They're learning. They're learning. I'm pretty sure one time Grand Valley's JV team did compete in nationals as Grand Valley B team. 2009. 2009. Dang. Anyway, times have changed, though. There's more than, like, seven teams in the league now. So I don't know. Yeah. I think our JV is pretty decent. They could put up a fight against a few teams, I think. Yeah. No. Anyway, my top five. Uh, I'm going to go Grand Valley number one. James Madison, number two. Uh, Saginaw Valley is my third team. Uh, even though I think they're like, they've lost like four or five games this year so far, but I still think they're top three. Kent State, number four. They played. They're, this is probably the best Kent State team that they've ever had too. And then number five, I have Kentucky, just because. I mean, they they brought a depleted roster to their first tournament, but I think they're gonna be good this year anyway. Yeah, I'm going off what I saw last year at Nationals. They Definitely were pretty damn good there, so we'll see. Yeah. All right, awesome. What's yours? Uh, number one, of course, Grand Valley. Uh, two, James Madison. Three, Saginaw. Four, Kent State. And five, Ohio State. Okay. You disagree or well, anything? I I see Ohio State. I wouldn't have had them in before this weekend for sure. This past weekend, but they, they, were, they, were, undefeated. Are, they were undefeated, right? I know. Coming into this weekend, yeah, they they only have two losses so far this year. Two and losses to who though? Kent State and Grand Valley. So two two top five teams. Two teams. Uh, uh, top five teams to all of us. So true. They yeah. 
right. So what's your uh, what's your dark horse team? Someone not in the top five, but someone that you think might have a chance at making the final four at nationals this year. Um, I'll go. I think uh, I think Central. If once their freshman gets some more experience, they'll uh, definitely be more. I don't know. Definitely a better unit on the court. Um, their top players are already top players in the league, so we'll uh, we'll see if hopefully they can teach those freshmen how to play. And by the time nationals come around, yeah, pretty good players. Like I mean, their top four or five players, even like their top their overtime roster basically would, would compete would compete compete against any team in the league. Yeah. So if they just get that bottom end of their roster a little bit better, I mean. We saw them early in the season. They competed with Saginaw. They they lost three to two. Mm-hmm. If they're playing their game and they're catching like they can, then they they can definitely make a final four. So, yeah. Uh, Do you have one? All right, my sleeper team. I'm gonna go with MSU, just because I know they haven't played good this year yet. They have a, they have a tournament this weekend, but they haven't won a game yet. I don't think. I yeah. think they. I mean, they came in second place last year, so they're definitely one of. the one of the teams that you can expect to do well, especially second semester, I think they're going to improve a lot. So they they have a chance at making the final four. I'm not going to say that they're going to, but they have Definitely a chance. got to see some improvement oh, in yeah. the second semester. Yeah. All right. Uh, my dark horse. I would. I don't know. I would say I'm gonna put it in case for Wisconsin Platteville. I know they played five games. They're undefeated. I don't know, but can't argue that. <laughs> last year at the end of what day two of nationals, they almost knocked off MSU. To MSU was in the national championship game, so yeah, MSU talked I about mean, that a lot. How Wisconsin Platteville, the first game of the of the day for them, and they almost lost because yeah, they, Wisconsin has Platteville has a lot of power arms. I yeah. guess. I mean, hopefully, we get to see them play soon. Their, cap, their captain's one of. I mean. One of the better players in the league, definitely. His name's Alex something, I think. But he's got a really good arm. I, we haven't played them yet, I don't think, the last couple of years at least. I don't think we will till what, Nationals maybe? Yeah. I mean, probably not. But, I mean, if they can if they can have their power arms like MSU said they did yeah. last year at Nationals. It's called a dark horse for a reason. Yep. Um, what's next? Bold prediction for this year. Anyone want to go ahead? Tell me their bold prediction for the second semester, at least. For the second semester. Yeah. Um. All right, I'll go first. Mine would be University of Kentucky isn't going to lose a game to any team not named James Madison or Grand Valley the rest of the way. Uh, I mean, they played poorly at their first uh, tournament or whatever. It was at Kent State. They had, they had like a depleted roster there, though. I still think they're going to be really good. I don't think they're going to lose to any team other than James Madison or Grand Valley. All right. Bold prediction. I know I just said their name. Uh, Wisconsin Platteville will make it to at least the Sweet 16 this year or the Elite Eight. Don't let me down. <laughs> I know yeah, you guys yeah. almost beat Michigan State last year. I feel like if you you're five and zero right now, that's more games than you had last year. If you if you can get a few more it's games, true. you're going to be a higher seed. You're going to pl- 
play a not as tough a team as Michigan State in your first round game. Maybe not as tough as they can make a some second noise. round game, then you could they could make a run for it. Yeah. All right, Aaron, what's yours? Um, I see Saginaw next time. Hopefully, they play JMU with a full roster next time they play them. They'll take the W from them. Saginaw. Yeah. All right. Just of how they played them this yeah. past weekend. I know Saginaw felt that way. I, if yeah, they we talked their, to them. We if talked they to had their after. full roster, then they could have uh, definitely could have competed a little better in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so that's our bold predictions. Next, we're going to just preview some games to come for the rest of the fall semester. I know we've played a bunch of games so far, but previewing the next couple of tournaments. First one's the MSU Invite, which is this weekend. The teams in it are Bowling Green, DePaul, Ohio State, Kent State, Siena Heights, and Michigan State. So what do you guys think about that tournament? I don't know what the schedule is. I don't know which teams play which teams, but... I can see Ohio State going undefeated. Yeah. Okay. I'd agree with that. Off of this past weekend, they played very well. Their their two losses were to us, Grand Valley, and... Kent State. Kent State. I think Kent State's going to go undefeated because they're also in it. Yeah. Kent State know. beat them this weekend. It was I think it was like three to zero. They beat them at the Red Hawk invite. But yeah. Ohio State beat them at Ohio State, so it's it's a one-one for the season right now. Yeah, I, yeah. it's it can go either way. I see Ohio State going undefeated though, and that's a decent rivalry right there. Two team, the best best two teams in the Ohio region. So we got to see what DePaul team shows up. You never you know. Yeah. You never know what's going to show up there. Don't think about MSU though. It is there. Anyway. MSU, yeah. Yeah, they uh, um, Sienna's still in their learning phase. We played them at at our invite. But talking about MSU, MSU has not won a game yet this year, but they brought a lot of newcomers to their first tournament. So they've had they played only tough teams so far. They played yeah. Kentucky, quality competition, Saginaw twice, I think, uh, Central Michigan. I don't know who else they played. They've had they've had a few weeks to get the strategy down. Yeah. They could go two and one, I see. Yeah. I'm I'm still in, I'm interested to see how Bowling Green or Siena Heights do. They obviously aren't top tier teams, but I mean they could make some noise. I want I wanna see if they can actually make it close against Kent yeah. State or Ohio State and I wanna see what the score yeah, is. Yeah, also Siena. Siena was at our invite earlier this semester and uh they had only what, ten guys? Yeah, something like that. They didn't, so, have, they didn't have their full roster. Full I know 15, that much. They're all getting to know it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Same uh, with Bowling Green when we played them at Bowling Green. Because when they came here, they didn't have a full roster either. Yeah. But when they we played them at Bowling Green, they definitely were uh, putting up a fight. Yeah, they almost got a point off off of us. and I mean, they're definitely improved from last year, I know. Even though they lost their captain, yeah. who was kind of their team they ran through them but. but I think overall their depth is much better and they're getting a lot more games in this year than they did last year so yeah that's only going to help them come nationals when it actually matters so I I don't know I don't know who Bowling Green plays but it'll be interesting to see how they do uh the other tournament that we know of that is in the fall semester is the Maryland invite and that is Maryland obviously Towson James Madison and VCU. So basically the East Coast teams, They this is like the third one that they've done where it's all of them going to one place, doing a round robin. The yeah. usual. Obviously you see JMU going undefeated. 
Yeah, James can, Madison probably three and zero. Yeah, you can predict the outcome of this. I and think pretty easily. Just like the other two times that they've had this, it's probably going to be Towson two and one. They play close with Maryland though. Maryland almost beat them the last couple times. I think I Maryland will probably go one and two, and then VCU zero and three. But, yeah. yeah I, I would like to see East Coast teams play some more Midwest teams. See where they stack up against some of the better teams in the league. I know the Beast. There'll be a few Midwest teams there. I just want to see where they yeah, it's stack up. Competition, because they've only played each other. It's hard to gauge how good they are when they've only played James Madison. And just get pounded by James BCU. Madison usually. So Yeah. <laughs> JMU just beats up on all those East Coast teams, it seems like. I mean, yeah. well, I mean they're the second best team in the country, so mm-hmm. kind of understandable. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I want to see us play James Madison on a court where there's no bounce back. Yeah, no bounce back would be a totally different game. I feel like we play him. We play him in Chicago, or they're going to Chicago. Hopefully, whoever makes that schedule, please set us up against James Madison at least. Because we would like to play them as many times as possible. Yeah, I don't know if there's a bounce back there, and I think I think there's a bounce back. Cause there's last one. Year one we, yeah, there's one side. Well, no, it depends on what court you're on. If you're on the first court, there's a bounce back. The second one has that like it goes deep in. And then the both sides do. Okay. Well, someone get us a game against James Madison without a bounce back because that's the only way we've played them yet. We played them four times, I think. Mm-hmm. Three times last year and then once this year. Every time it just gets more intense. I mean, it'd be a lot more fun if there wasn't that bounce back. Where yeah, see all, how their strategy's implemented. Yeah. It's a whole different game when you don't have the bounce back. It play more fast. It'd definitely be... One of the most exciting games to watch when you see James Madison, their power throwers, their good catchers, against Grand Valley on a court that, you know, you you don't have the bounce back. You got to push up and down the court all the way. They can come here and play. We don't have a bounce back. Yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a little little bit of a drive for them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else you guys want to say about this before we uh, sign out? I don't think so. No, just a- thanks. Thanks to Dylan. For yeah. letting us assistant captain mic. number twenty four, giving us uh, his microphone so we could do the podcast. That helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, let us know if you have a suggestion for the name of this podcast. We haven't figured that out yet. A lot of uh, a lot of good games played already this semester. I know it's what the most so far. Uh, uh, at this point in the season, there's never been this many games played, and I think it's by a lot. So. That's awesome. Good for the league. So definitely the best, going. the best first semester of college dodgeball since I've been part of the league, and I mean, probably ever. When you talk about how many good games have been played, how many big tournaments and all that. Yeah, like and how, just the competition in general. Yeah, and it's good everyone's filming too now, so we can yeah kind of see other teams. So. Yeah, what is it? Josh Raymer, who is doing the national film still. Or who was the other guy that was doing Yeah, it? there's still some nationals that's not up, but all of it was filmed, I know. Yeah. I want to see those games put up. I want to see the Grand Valley JMU game from nationals. And Kentucky. And all, yeah, Kentucky-Ohio State. Those are two very good, da- very good games. Yeah. But overall, awesome first semester of dodgeball so far. There's still a couple of tournaments to play, but definitely some of the best teams in the league, I mean... James Madison, this is definitely their best team that they've had 
in the three years that they've been in existence. Only three years. Yeah. Crazy. Kent State, I, I think it's the best Kent State team that they ever had, at least since I've been here. Uh, Kentucky, we'll see about them. Ohio State, best Ohio State team that there's been since I was here, too. So, yeah, in the last several years, at least. Kentucky, I know they, I they see, won nationals, but that was a long time ago. I want to see Kentucky with their full roster this year. Yeah. They didn't lose very many players last year, and I want to see how much they've improved since last year. Definitely. All right. Well, thank probably, you for listening. Probably be back for a semester recap in a yeah, few we'll, weeks. We'll make another one in three weeks or something like that when all the all the games are done for the fall semester. Recap the first semester and kind of preview the second semester of games. Hope you guys liked it, liked hearing our opinion on uh, the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, my name's Kevin Bailey. Austin Morley. Aaron Terenzi. And we are signing off.